What is going on, everybody? This is Gino Spirito back with episode 66. I hope you guys are all having a great Wednesday, September 1st. Uh, new month. A, I mean, it's hump day for the semester, for the first week of the semester. So that's that's good. I only got, uh, I have two classes today, one more tomorrow. So almost through the first week of school. But new month. Um, the fall weather is definitely coming in uh, to SoCal, so that's that's been a good time. It's not uh, just hot as shit um, as as of the past couple of days, but who knows? I'm I'm sure um, with the way California weather is, it's it's gonna be you know nine in the in the 80s, 90s next week. So it's been nice. The weather's been nice. Uh, it's it's uh, uh, definitely um, that fall weather change that you know late August, early September uh, fall weather change is definitely. Uh, you know, when when um, when when something in my brain personally, I'm sure other people can agree with it that live in SoCal or, you know, can feel the season changing um, in my brain. It kind of indicates the start of of a new semester, a new school year. Um, so definitely excited for that. And also the end of summer, of course. But that's kind of just obvious. But, um, you know, not much to complain about. Um, been doing good. I hope you guys are all doing good as well. Um, and I hope you guys are all excited to uh, join me today on a new episode of the Geno Spirito Podcast. And without further ado, let's get into it. Let's talk some NBA news. I haven't talked about the NBA in a little bit. And uh, there's been quite a lot of, uh, you know, new storylines and uh, developments throughout the lead, but especially with my with my Lakers. So definitely going to get into that in a little bit. But I wanted to first start with uh, some some recent signings, some recent uh, transactions that's happened throughout the league. Um, the Cleveland Cavaliers actually acquired uh, Chicago Bulls forward Laurie McCannon on a four-year, sixty-seven million dollars sign and tr- uh, sign and trade deal. Um, of course, uh, you know the whole uh, rumor, all the rumors about Kevin Love and the possibilities of him trying to you know work his way through a buyout as he. I mean, he hasn't wanted been in, he has not wanted been in Cleveland um, for a minute now. But uh, the uh, rumors are definitely amping up about whether or not he is going to be bought out. Um, so the Cavaliers making this move, making sure uh, the forward position um, is is taken care of on their team, um, and Laurie getting a some somewhat of a bad fifteen sixteen million dollars a year, not not too bad at all. Um, Robert Williams of the uh, Boston Celtics agreed to a four-year, $54 million extension. Uh, Hot center. Clint Capella actually agreed to a two-year, $46 million extension. Uh, So now he's under contract through the 2024-2025 season. Uh, So technically his new deal is four years, $82 million with the Hots. So um, definitely, uh, I mean, after, after the... Um, Eastern Conference Finals run, getting uh, traded to the Hawks uh, from the Rockets, which was super bizarre. Um, making a, continuing to make a name for himself on this Hawks team and being a dominant force with Trey Young, uh, with some of the other uh, the young core that this Hawks team has. And I mean, we were we were able to see it on full display this this past uh, NBA playoffs. So Clint Capella able to get his bag. Um, and of course, the championship-winning coach um, of the uh, Milwaukee Butts, Mike uh, Bonholzer, uh, has actually agreed to a three-year contract extension with the Mil- Milwaukee Butts. Um, like I said, he did 
I mean, he did lead Milwaukee to its first championship in 50 years, uh, which is a pretty big deal, um, and that definitely deserves a uh, contract extension. Uh, he's also now a two-time NBA Coach of the Year, um, and he was entering the final year of his deal, so ties him uh, to the to be the head coach of the Butts through the 2024-2025 season. Uh, so congrats to him on that. Um, and then, uh, and then, um, what's it called? Let's, let's get into, uh, that's, that's been most of the, that's been most of the, the deals, transactions. I know, uh, we, we went through a whole entire, uh, episode a couple weeks back, um, when the NBA off season first started, um, and, all of those deals, I mean, you know, most of the time, you know, there's going to be about 80, I want to say 80 to 85% of, of deals done uh, within those first couple of days uh, when free agency starts, especially that first day. Um, it's it's just a madhouse. Uh, you know, teams want to teams wanna sign. Teams want to make sure they, they uh, you know, know what their team is going to be like and they want to put it together as, as quickly as possible at times, especially when it comes to bid-name stars, locking them into launder deals, um, getting a free agent signing right away, making sure they're taken care of. You know, those, those bid deals, those big name stars are normally taken care of um you know when it comes to free agency and all of that within those first couple of days but uh periodically you'll you'll continue to see some trades continue to see some you know various things happen uh you know until the nba season officially starts um but uh yeah i mean those those are some of the transactions that have happened uh recently um and on top of that ben simmons now uh, saying that he refuses to play with the Sitzers. He wants to go to three California teams. Didn't specify which three California teams that was, um, since there are technically four. Um, I mean, Golden State, you had the Clippers, you got the Lakers, you got Sacramento. So I don't know which. I'm I'm assuming I know which three, but who knows? Maybe the Kings are on his list. Um, but uh, he said there's and, – and then also it says there's so much bad blood between him and – and the team of the Sixers, he just simply no longer wants to play for the franchise. So, um, unfortunate news out of Philadelphia. I mean, it's it's been a, a rough go, um, you know, in this whole entire quote unquote uh, process um, era of the uh, 76ers. Of course, you know that that you can't deny, um, you know, you can't deny the uh, the team and the capabilities of this team uh, when. Um, you know, they're all healthy and, and when they're all playing together, uh, there's a reason they've, they've been in that, um, been in that, uh, you know, bubble of, of teams that have a possibility of winning the championship for, for quite some time now. Um, you know, it's, it's tough with, uh, with how, uh, things are going down right now in the process era, but, um, especially, especially after these last playoffs and, um, the way Ben Simmons was literally having to be pulled, uh, you know, two, three minutes left to go in case, um, you know, they, they, the other team was in a foul and, um, it, it was, it was getting a bit, a bit ridiculous. Um, you know, the, the man simply cannot shoot the ball and I understand the impact that he makes in literally like 95% of <laughs> the game of basketball and other um, assets of the game, such as his passing, his ball handling. I mean, his pure ability to take anybody to the rim and, and literally dunk on them if he wants to. I mean, the man has a ton of talent, do not get me wrong, but if your star point guard is having to be pulled out 
with less than two minutes to go in a game because he can't shoot a fucking free throw, then there's a problem. So I understand why the Sixers were doing what they were doing. And, I mean, they were literally given no option. I mean, he's not – I mean, I don't want to speak – like I've said before, I never want to speak on a man's character and his abilities to, to want to change or whatever the case may be. But, I mean, how long has Ben Simmons been in the league now? I believe four years. Um, let me – let me make sure that's right. Um, ben Simmons, I'm, I believe he's yeah he's been in he's been in the been in the lead for for about four years now since twenty seven yeah twenty seventeen twenty eighteen yeah so four years he's been in the lead um, and I mean his three point percentage is simply uh, non existent due to the fact that he he never shoots them. I mean he's shot a total. I believe of five three pointers in his career and he's made one. So that's, I mean, interesting. And then his free throw percentage, it's, it was started at 56% his rookie year. It upgraded to 60%. Then it went to 62%. And then last year it went back down to 61%. So, I mean, it, it, it was improving by the smallest increments, but I mean, you're going from 56 to 60. That's still an F. That's still like failing in in terms of grades. You know, it's not like you're going from 85 to 87. You know, those are you know that's that's the that's the small increments you want to see. You don't want to see, you know, a small increment when you're already shooting. You know, every other one is missing. Um, but I mean, his assists have been up there, of course. Rebounding. I mean, those though. You know, the his ability, like I said, and a bunch of other facets of the game is is there there's that you cannot deny that you know there's a reason he has been an all-star um i mean his points per game uh around that 15 to 16 point per game last year it was at 14 but um i mean it, it's it's just unfortunate especially because this uh 76ers team does have so much promise like i said but um you know when when there's just you know when you have so much ability already and i mean you've like i said four years you've been there you haven't really shown any improvement in the two main areas that you came into the league having to improve you know we see players um you know have like i said about you know they they have their game you know they have 90 percent of who they are as a player and there's this, this last 10 percent that they continue to build on um throughout their entire uh career every year uh you know in the off season whatever their whatever the case may be they decide to work on little things to slowly get their way up to that 100 percent or slowly get um to the best basketball player the best version they can be and i mean coming into the lead we all knew ben simmons should pass ben simmons can you know take anybody to the rim and ben simmons can handle the offense he can run the offense he's a great point guard but he cannot shoot the ball. Everybody knew that. Everybody knew that going into his uh, going into his rookie season, and there has literally been no improvement in that area. And when it comes down to literally, you know, you're in the playoffs, you're in games that are crucial to your season, or else you go home, and you're having to pull out, you know, your one of your franchise players because he literally has refused to get better at shooting the free uh, shooting a free throw he's refused to get better at shooting a jump shot so defenses literally you know can adjust super easily and adapt to his game i mean this man was non-existent in the playoffs this year i think that was probably the worst uh will probably ever i mean I, that's the worst i hope we ever see ben simmons because that was i mean it was it was just it was really 
really bad the way um i mean i don't even want to talk about the the use of uh ben simmons it, it was just bad the way he um you know kind of put himself in that position to be used the way he was being used but there's i mean that's that's just what it comes down to you know it's it's the way uh, you know, you, you're you're being used and uh, you kind of just have to be realistic with with why that's the case. And I, I just think when it comes down to this, when it comes down to Ben Simmons, um, it, it has everything to do uh, with that. I know he has been in trade rumors the entire year last year, and I'm sure that took a toll on him. But I mean, what what are you supposed to do as a franchise if you're if your star point guard is is literally refusing to to make any make any type of i don't know improvement in the two areas that we know he needs to improve it's it, it's it would be so different if this man came into the league and he was a project and we've seen him develop and develop and develop kind of like Giannis, the way he i mean that man was skinny as hell and that man i mean has bolted up he's he's really improved area by area year by year um, but I mean, there were two areas that Ben Simmons needed to improve in his free throws and his jump shooting. And those two areas are still yet to be improved yet. His entire game that we already knew is still the same yet, maybe a little better. I mean, he's probably a little bit bigger now, more experience, of course, going into his fifth season. So, you know, being able to see, uh, you know, how, uh, you know, fast paced the NBA is. He's been able to see different defenses and uh, all of that stuff. You know, of course. It, but yeah, it's 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 uh it's gonna be an interesting uh take whether or not he's going to be traded, whether or not he's um you know gonna stay. You know, I know uh this is uh definitely um you know a case of uh you know whether or not the Sitzers are are willing to to give him up. I know I know you know there's a lot of um. There's a lot of uh, leverage that that players, especially to the caliber that Ben Simmons uh, is, uh, have when when it comes to to demanding a trade and when it comes to trying to get out of somewhere. Especially, um, you know, in this situation where last last postseason, especially, we we saw the the destruction really of the Sixers team and and the life literally being sucked out of them as they lost to the Hawks in uh, those Eastern Conference Finals. So. Um, it'll be it'll be an interesting um, decision to be made, but I think um, if the if the uh, you know if the card is right, if the Sitzers can get enough return that they feel is proper in Ben Simmons, I'm sure uh, the the investment from teams trying to trade is is gonna be a huge one. Um, but I think that it it would be beneficial for both. Um, ben Simmons uh, in his the rest of his career on top of um, on top of the 76ers and, and kind of being able to move forward, um, you know, with uh, somebody else in a new direction. But it'll be interesting uh, to see how that takes. But uh, moving on into some into just overall Laker news, of course, um, the NBA actually uh, came out um, and pulled some NBA executives and scouts for who the best player would be um, headed into the next season. The two players that uh, were voted by are, are voted for by these NBA executives and scouts. Uh, the only two players that uh, they put as number one um, were Giannis and KD. So LeBron completely out of the uh, number one, uh, I guess, 
ranking uh, when it came to this poll this year, as it has not been that case in previous years. So LeBron responding uh, to this poll and to the NBA Zets and Scouts saying, thank you, as if I didn't need any more fire to me. Hashtag washed king, super washed. Uh, he was he was tweeting about it. He was posting it all over his Instagram story. Like I said, Katie, Giannis, both were the only two players that were voted to be number one. Um, but I mean, LeBron more fired to the deck, especially with the way um, Carmelo uh, has been talking um, about the Lakers. The way Carmelo has um, been expressing his excitement. I mean, quote, never have I thought that I would be wearing the purple and gold, especially at this point in my career. But, hey, everything happens for a reason, and I believe that. It's going to be an exciting season. You guys will reap the benefits of what we do behind the scenes. I mean, it's it's definitely um, it's definitely looking to be a very, very promising year for this Lakers team. Um, and, uh, you know, as, as much as, um, you know, Sports Illustrated or whoever – uh, I, I can't remember. I'm pretty sure it was Sports Illustrated came out with um, an off-season grading uh, where they had the Lakers off-season. This off-season. I'm talking about this fucking off-season at a C minus. I believe it was Sports Illustrated um, were the ones who uh, who said this. Let me let me let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Yeah, it was Sports Illustrated. They had the Warriors A minus, Clippers A minus. The Lakers at a C minus after acquiring Russell fucking Westbrook, <laughs> Carmelo Anthony, Trevor Ariza, Dwight Howard, Kendrick Nunn, Bazemore, Malik Monk. Like, come on, man. They had the Lakers at a C minus. They put LeBron um, not as the number one player in the world. And on top of that, on top of that, uh, the Lakers have now acquired Rajon Rondo as at first he was not expected to be with the Memphis Grizzlies after being uh, traded over there and he was expected to um, opt in to a buyout and that's exactly what happened as once he was bought out uh, the Lakers were instantly the front runners um, to uh, sign the the veteran point guard um, on a one-year $2.6 million deal once he cleared waivers this past Monday um, as he did uh, make his full $7.5 million salary uh, f with the buyout from the Grizzlies. And once uh, he did, boom, he's back. The Lakers officially signed him yesterday. The number four, Rajon Wando, is back in L.A. trying to win another title um, and hopefully get a parade around this time. That seemed to be a huge deal uh, during his press conference. He really wants a parade in L.A. Uh, he's very excited um, about the Westbrook signing. He wants to put all of their previous drama and beef away. And he said that he also has spoken to uh, Frank Vogel, uh, LeBron James, um, and Anthony Davis uh, in this process of, of wanting to come to the Lakers, saying that everybody wants to be wanted. And, um, you know, it, it was it was nice that, uh, you know, these these three guys, especially uh, LeBron and LeBron and AD reaching out and uh, and making sure he knew they knew. Um, I mean, not they know he knew that they wanted him. Um, and, and that's exactly what happened, as uh, like I said, he's now now back in L.A., um, you know, saying that his uh, main focus is uh, is winning and nothing else. Nothing else matters. Um, everything will be determined by the coaching staff. He said it hasn't been 10 years since he last won a title in L.A. as it as it hasn't even really even been a year. 
Um, and he and he does not think that his game has declined in the slightest. I mean, this man literally won a championship. Like I said, in October of 2020, has not been a year since the Lakers won a championship. It's crazy to think about, but it really has not been a full year since this Lakers team won an NBA championship. So he won an NBA championship, signed a two-year, $15 million deal with the Hawks, was traded to the Clippers, um, and then was traded to the Grizzlies, bought out by the Grizzlies, made his $15 million, and now is back in the Lakers within a nine-month span after collecting his $15 million bag, and now um, back with LeBron, with AD, with a new group of guys, well, also Dwight Howard um, and THT, but besides that, a new group of guys that are, are ready, uh, prepared, uh, and uh, you know willing to sacrifice everything to win this NBA championship. But um, at 35 years old, uh, he is the sixth oldest Laker. I, th I thought that was funny. I know everybody keeps talking about the Lakers age, but I, I really just, I think it comes down to the Lakers may be old, but they are experienced. They have plenty, plenty of playoff experience, especially um, when it comes to uh, their main guys. I mean, LeBron James alone, LeBron fucking James alone has played more playoff games than 50% of NBA teams and has won more playoff games than 73% of NBA teams. So, I mean, you can say anything you want about this this age thing, but the Lakers are wise, they're old, they're experienced, and they have put together a tremendous, tremendous roster. I mean, 59 All-Star Game appearances on their roster right now. That's the single most ever on an NBA team. LeBron, Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard, Carmelo Anthony, Mark Gasol, and Rajon Rondo um, all playing on the same team means that it's the first time in NBA history that seven or more former All-NBA players will appear in a regular season for one team. You can say everything you want about the Lakers being old, the Lakers being uh, washed up, but you cannot deny stats. You cannot deny statistics. And this Lakers team is built to win. And I mean, it, just going down the list, like I said, point guard, Rajon Rondo, Russell Westbrook, Kendrick Nunn. Shooting guard, we got Wayne Ellington, Malik Monk, and Taylor Horn Thunder. For a small forward, LeBron, Trevor Reza, Bazemore, power forward, AD and Carmelo, center Dwight and just are you kidding me how are you supposed to look at this fucking roster and say that you really think this team is washed up or you really think that this team has no chance of moving on like you are just hating at that point so this Lakers team is definitely set still has um I mean, just on that, this this Lakers team is definitely set based on uh, the third. I mean, for set, yeah, based on the the uh, what's it called? The thirteen players I just mentioned. The Lakers still have a couple of spots they're trying to figure out. Um, some names such as DeAndre Jordan has been in the midst, and also like I mentioned previously, Kevin Love possibly, um, if he's able to work on a buyout and be bought out by the Cavs, possibly. Um, able to to uh, you know sign with the Lakers. That's another name that's been thrown in the mitts. But I mean, what an offseason! I don't know where the fuck a C minus came from. But Andre Drummond was replaced with Dwight Howard, Dennis Schroeder with Russell Westbrook, Alex Caruso with Rajon Rondo, Kyle Kuzma with Carmelo Anthony, uh, KCP with Malik Monk, McKinney with Bazemore. Ben Mathemore with Wayne Ellington, and of course the probably the hardest. Uh, but I mean, Jared Dudley now with the Mavericks coaching staff, 
good for him. He's going to do great stuff. Jared Dudley, a huge part of the championship in 2020 and could have, I guess, could have potentially signed again this year, but the Lakers decided to go with Kendrick Nunn and go, uh, go yonder. I guess it was a big thing. I guess there was some controversy and Jared, Jared Dudley supposedly told the Lakers front office that they're stupid for not re-signing him, but... Jared Dudley is now replaced with Kendrick Nunn, and he is now with the Dallas Mavericks coaching staff. So what an offseason by this Lakers team, by this Lakers front office. And like Carmelo said, I cannot wait to finally, uh, you know, be able to see all the benefits uh, from this amazing offseason. 42 national televised games. That's the most that uh, any team in the NBA will have. So Basically, every other game from the Lakers will be national televised, so that'll be that'll be very, very nice. And, I mean, this payroll, too, is, is pretty funny. I mean, LeBron, AD, and Russell Westbrook, $120 million. The other 12 guys, $39 million. So I thought that was kind of funny, but that's kind of just how it works when you literally have three Mats players on your contract. I mean, what else are you supposed to do? Um, and to put that into perspective, how much... Malik Monk, Carmelo Anthony, Trevor Reza, Kent Bazemore, Wayne Ellington, Kendrick Nunn, and Dwight Howard. How much they're making this year? $15 million uh, between the seven of them. So about two, two, I mean, two to $2.6 million per each of them. And then how much the Knits are spending uh, per year on Evan Fournier, the guy who, I mean, went off for France in the Olympics, just signed with the Knits, $19.5 million per year for him. And these seven players alone on the Lakers are only making $15 million. How much the Lakers are spending on Russell Westbrook? $44.2 million this year. How much the Knits are spending on Derrick Rose, Kemba Walker, Norlands uh, Noel, Alec Burke, and Taj Gibson this year? $47 million. So the Knits only spending $2.8 million more for the likes of Kemba Walker, Norlands Noel, Derrick Rose, Taj Gibson and Alec Burke, $2.8 million more for those five players than the Lakers are paying for Russell Westbrook. So definitely puts into perspective how this payroll is, is for this season. Um, but the Lakers, very excited, man. August, I mean, not August, October 19th, a month and a half away from opening day against the Warriors at home on TNT at 7 p.m. Very excited for it. Looking forward to that um, very much. And, I mean, the, this will be the first time that uh, the NBA and the NFL will be going head-to-head -head on Christmas. I mean, the NFL has two games this year, not just one, of course, last year. Uh, the game that uh, was... The game that was on uh, Christmas was when we saw Alvin Kamara destroy the Vikings for six touchdowns, uh, six rushing touchdowns. Um, but this year, the Packers and Browns will be playing, and the Colts and the Cardinals will also be playing. Um, and that uh, will be basically at the same time as the two, two of the five NBA games, uh, which is the Warriors versus the Suns and the Nets versus the Lakers. So very interesting that the NFL and NBA will be going head-to-head -head for the first time on Christmas this season, and I'm very, very excited to see, uh, you know, each of these games, I'm going to be watching them all. I don't really give a fuck. It's not, oh, fuck the NFL. I'm going to watch the NBA or the other way around. I'm going to be watching it all. So I hope you guys are all in that same wave. I, I don't really understand the whole, oh, they're com I mean, I get they're competing at the end of the day, but I mean, come on. Let's be real. We're all going to be watching all the games, and if you don't have multiple streams, you're just going to be flipping back and forth uh, during commercial breaks. So 
I mean, moving on into some NFL news, uh, let's get into some quarterback news. Uh, plenty of, of uh, recent uh, transactions as well as, uh, you know, starters being named, uh, possibly, you know, starters being cut. Um, as Jameis Winston was actually named the Saints' starting quarterback, uh, he would make he's gonna make his first start for New Orleans against the Packers in Week One. Uh, that you know, a tremendous a tremendous uh, off season, um, along with uh, the preseason games. I mean, he threw um, what's it called? He he was he was definitely um, can't even remember which. Fuck. I mean, I I'm just I didn't watch too many preseason games but this man definitely was definitely played good uh during his preseason games definitely had a great off season in terms of getting his eye vision right getting his mentals right um and it, it was definitely showing in these preseason games a couple of dimes over the top uh towards a i mean a, a, like a 25 yard post through the middle of the seam perfect throws um there's a reason this this uh this guy was named the starting quarterback but i mean at the age of 25 or younger, he has also already thrown more yards uh, than any NFL quarterback in history. He already has 19,737 yards to his name. I think people forget that. I mean, this man was balling in Tampa. I know there wasn't really much success when it came to wins and losses, but in terms of stats, this man was balling. Already has thrown 121 passing touchdowns as well. Um, and the only person that's ever thrown more passing touchdowns at 25 or younger was Dan Marino, as he had 142 before he turned 25. Uh, I mean, before he turned 26, because it's 25 or younger. So, I mean, he's in some elite category. And uh, for him, in my opinion, to be playing behind somebody like Taysom Hill is just is it's it's nothing against Taysom Hill, but it's it's just not going to benefit the Saints the same way uh, that uh, it would you know necessarily benefit um, you know them if, if they were starting him. So um, unfortunately for Taysom Hill, he's not going to be the starting quarterback, but I'm sure they're going to have him in some sort of utility role like he has been. Uh, he did come out the day before that Jameis Winston was named starter and said. I want to play quarterback in this league, and if New Orleans don't view me that way, well, then I have to leave. That's really where we're at. Um, I don't know if this quote was real because I, I just feel like, I just feel like you've you've had a special role for now for three seasons, I believe, and um, for for the last season to have happened the way what did with Drew Brees out, and then you coming in, and I know um, as the starter, um, you know Taysom Hill you know, had some flashes here and there, but overall this offense was dead. I mean, Alvin Kamara played awfully with, with Taysom Hill under center. He was not getting the same touches, not as involved. And I mean, AK is, is one of the best players, um, not only on the Saints roster, but in the league. And he wasn't even able to get involved with him under the realm. Jameis Winston being the starting quarterback is a benefit for all the receivers on top of a benefit for Alvin Kamara. Definitely with a quarterback like Jameis Winston. So uh, the Saints quarterback situation is under um, and taken care of. Uh, the Broncos quarterback situation is now taken care of as Teddy Bridgewater is named the starting quarterback over Drew Locke. Um, that means the Broncos starting quarterbacks in week one since Peyton Manning retired. Trevor Simeon in 2016 and 2017. Case Keenum in 2018. Joe Flacco in 2019. Uh, Drew Locke in 2020, and now Teddy Bridgewater in 2021. So um, Broncos still looking for, uh, you know, that piece, still looking 
you know, for that quarterback to to really take on the reins after um, the success that Payne Manning had under the realm. Um, and hopefully Teddy Bridgewater can be that. Um, I know the Broncos are in our division, but I've always been a pretty big Teddy Bridgewater guy. Um, I mean, I love the way he could move his feet um, with when he was on the Vikings pre-injury. Um, I mean, he was definitely uh, one of those uh, first quarterbacks in this new generation. I, feel, I mean, of course, I feel like that's kind of the way the NFL is turning nowadays uh, when it comes to quarterback play. You know, you want to have a pocket passer who can throw the deep ball, of course, um, but you want to have an accurate thrower. You want to have all of those things um, as well. But moving on the run and still being just as accurate as it would be if it was a clean pocket, moving on the run and gaining yards, m making plays with your feet. That's definitely the way the NFL has been moving. As you can see, Patrick Mahomes, you see, um, you know, Kyler Murray, uh, Josh Allen, you know, just to name a few off the top of my head that, uh, of course, the, all these, all three of those, Russell Wilson even is, is probably the best example of that. Uh, you know, their abilities to, to have that perfect, pretty deep ball um, that literally just looks super, super gorgeous in the air, perfect spiral right on the money for a touchdown. And then you see them making the same throws when they're on the run to the right, hitting dots 20 yards down the field, but also when nobody's open, making plays with their feet, making you know those third and fives that much harder for a defense because they have to also worry about you know, they have to worry about the pass, but they have to respect the fact that the quarterback has his feet and his ability to run. So, um, you know, that's definitely the way the NFL has been trending. And I feel like Teddy Bridgewater was definitely in that category pre-injury. And I mean, he just hasn't been given, you know, the best of opportunities. I know he's still in the league and everything, but he's just been a backup. You know, it's not really getting much playing time, of course, when you're a backup quarterback. So it'll be very good for, um, I think, him and uh, the rest of the league to really see um, where this man is at. Because when he played uh, for the Saints last year, that man was straight, straight balling. And I believe he earned his earned his starting position this year. And it'll be good to see, um, you know, him ball. And especially uh, when it's against the Chiefs and the Raiders, but not against the Chargers. <laughs> uh, another starting quarterback that was named Andy Dalton. Surprisingly named a starting quarterback over um, over uh, Justin Fields. I, I, I mean... It came as a shot to us all, especially with the way Justin Fields has been playing in this preseason, the the, the talent level that this man has um, in all facets of the game. But I'm sure he's ready to go. I'm sure this team is ready to pull the trigger whenever they need to. Um, and it'll be an interesting uh, first couple of weeks for Andy Dalton. It's not the best when – you know, you, you're in a position, I mean, it's sort of like a Tyrod Taylor he was in last year with Justin Herbert, the way Alex Smith was with Patrick Mahomes, um, but I mean, you know, it's it's just the business, you know, sometimes you gotta, you gotta wait your turn, you gotta, you gotta just, you know, suck it up and, and move on, and I know, um, you know, it, it has nothing to do with Andy Dalton, but at the end of the day, uh, Justin Fields is such a unique talent that, of course, the fan base is going to be upset when he's not named the starting quarterback, especially when you used a first-round pick on him, especially when he's been playing the way he has in this preseason. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see when that move is made, if it's ever made, especially um, pending on the Bears' success. I feel like it's it, there's a bunch of factors that go into it. Um, of course, last year we saw a factor that we probably never expected where the Chargers team doctor basically forced the decision 
decision to be made. Um, you know, puncturing Tyrod <laughs> Tyra Taylor's lung. Um, but, uh, you know, it, when it, it comes down to, to plenty of things, you know, of course, the record – um, of course, how the team's morale is. Do they need an extra boost? Do, does there need to be a change made? But on top of that, it, it comes down to I feel like the main point is is quarterback play. Is Andy Dalton playing good? Is he driving the uh, the ball down the field? Is he um, making plays when it matters? You know, but you know that all comes down to uh, whether or not uh, we see it on Sunday, and we are very close to uh, to that as. Um, football football Sunday is about a week and a half away, and, and uh, I know plenty of people are, are excited for it, and it's going to be a good time. But Andy Dalton named the starter over Justin Fields, um, and uh, yesterday it was announced that Cam Newton was actually released by the Patriots. Not, not demoted to second string, uh, not, uh, you know, just, you know, I'm, like I said, not demoted to second string, not just getting his job taken away, but also, um, you know, still being on the roster. He was completely released by the, the Patriots as, um, I mean, they decided to go Matt Jones's way. Uh, and uh, Adam Schefter, when reporting on it, said, end quote, they are so sure of Matt Jones that they felt it would be unfair to have Cam on the roster, um, which was very interesting. I mean... Of course, Matt Jones. There's, it's it's not about Matt Jones in anything that I'm trying to say right now. This man has been playing tremendous in the preseason. Has been really showing his ability with his arms, his vision. Really, I mean, hitting receivers in stride, making the right plays when it matters. I know it's preseason, but uh, definitely showing a lot of promise. And I'm sure that's exactly why the Patriots did. Uh, you know, make the move they did. I, I was, I was honestly, I think I'm more shocked that they released him. You know, other than making him a backup, instead of making him a backup, they just straight up released him. I, I never would have thought they would have released him. Just especially, you know, what happens if, if Matt, you know, knock on wood and all, all, uh, you know, prayers to Matt Jones' health and everybody in the NFL's health. But what happens if Matt Jones does go down? Who do you go to now? Do you guys? I don't even know who the Patriots' backup is now. So. I mean, an interesting move by the Patriots, but um, I mean, it's it's uh, it's that time. It's it's finally the the year that Bill Belichick was, is going to start a rookie week one. But I mean, like I said, he has not looked like a rookie in any way. His movement, as well uh, as his uh, de- uh, like literally dead accurate um, ball placements, um, it's it's been really really fun to see. And uh, I mean, he's he's going to be ready to play and. Um, he has he has the the tools um, in coaching and uh, the tools just in his repertoire that is gonna allow him to see success very early in this in this uh, league and I'm I'm sure of it. But Cam Newton with the message after he was released saying, "quote I really appreciate all the love and support during this time. Please don't feel sorry for me." So uh, keeping up, keeping the spirits up. But I mean, there's not really much you can do when uh, it comes down to it. it it's really just really just a business at the end of the day. But uh, the last time that every team in the same division started a quarterback that's 25 years or younger in the same season was the 1973 AF Central, um, AFC Central, where Terry Bradshaw, Ken Anderson, Den Pastroni, and Mike Phipps uh, all started. Um, but this year, uh, that changes as – the AFC East, the Buffalo Bills with Josh Allen, Tua with the Dolphins, um, 
what's it called? The uh, the Patriots with Matt Jones, and then of course the Jets with Zach Wilson. All players under the age of twenty five. Uh, Tua and Matt Jones, week one. Former Alabama quarterbacks is going to be very fun to watch. And on top of that, Jalen Hurts now officially named the starting quarterback for the Eagles. So that that um, quarterback room in at Alabama, I don't remember which year that photo was taken, um, but Matt Jones, Tua, and Jalen Hurts, I believe maybe 2017, maybe 2018, all three of those were the quarterbacks. I mean, that's an unreal <laughs> roster by Alabama. Um, but for all three quarterbacks to now be starting – um, one as a rookie, two as in their sophomore years. Uh, definitely very excited to to see what what they can all bring. And this AFC East is is just completely different than it ever has been, and it's going to be a lot of fun this football season. I, I can already feel it. I can I can just feel the excitement, um, especially with one extra week. How will that play a factor? Um, in which is all these new and upcoming uh, quarterbacks and and players around the league. It's it's just it's there's a lot of anticipation for this year, and I'm 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 very excited for it. Um, but moving on into uh, into some trade rumors, some trade um, trades in general that has happened. Um, we have. Uh, the Jaguars, once they officially announced that Trevor Lawrence would be QB1, uh, officially sending Gardner Minshew to the Philadelphia Eagles for a 2022 sits-round pick. Uh, Gardner Minshew, of course, started last season, came in, mustache mania, um, but Trevor Lawrence, number one overall pick. Of course, he's going to get the gig. Of course, he's going to be the starter, uh, but Gardner Minshew now uh, going to be the backup, I'm assuming, for Jalen Hurts. Maybe the number th- I'm sure he'll be the number two quarterback, but um, I, I just couldn't see the Eagles wasting a sits-round pick uh, and putting him as the number three quarterback on their roster, unless he fucks up or something. But uh, that happens. Uh, the Giants and Ravens got a deal done as the Ravens received a Giants fourth-round pick in 2022. Um, and... Uh, the Giants were able to acquire Orlando Brown, a seventh-round pick in 2023, and former Ravens guard Ben Bradson. So interesting, um, you know, the Giants trying to upgrade their offensive line um, and trying to get as much protection for Daniel Jones and all the weapons that he seems to uh, have now around him. Uh, good. Um, the Panthers traded Denzel Perriman to the Raiders uh, for a sit-seven swap pick. So the Panthers now get um, now have a uh, sixth round pick. The Raiders have a seventh round pick and Denzel Perryman. So um, I mean, Denzel Perryman looked a lot better in the uh, you know the blue and gold, but it's unfortunate it happens. Casey Hayward and Denzel Perryman, two of one uh, you know two of my uh, former favorite defensive players. I mean, Denzel Perryman has has the ability to to change games. Um, with his with his enforcement on the fields, with the way he plays so aggressively, so definitely I can't even deny it. A great pickup by the Raiders, and then Casey Hayward. I mean, game changer, cornerback um, can can read and uh, you know a quarterback better than um, can read and make decisions better than quarterbacks at times. It feels so. Uh, the Raiders definitely upgrading um, their defensive side of the ball. The Patriots traded Sony Michelle to the Rams for two late round conditional draft pits uh so um you know the new england already had depth at the running back position the rams needed running back it seemed like a perfect option um perfect fit really uh but um what was the other one i wanted to talk about 
Oh, um, no, that that I already said about, already talked about the Patriots, but yeah, um, Patriots trading Sony Michelle, a uh, running back that has plenty of potential um, to this Rams team, a Rams team that runs a lot of screens, a Rams team that. Uh, prides themselves on running the ball first and then setting up their play action, stream plays. It's, and now with Matthew St- Stafford under the helm, is it going to be better? Is it going to be worse? Uh, who knows? But, um, you know, it's it's only going to be t- something that uh, time can tell. And uh, I, in my opinion, I, I think the Rams are, are going to be just about the same as they were um, in the not, – not necessarily last year when they, when they missed the playoffs, but – um, in those previous years, I think they'll, they'll regain some of uh, that mojo that they had um, on their Super Bowl run in that uh, NFC divisional uh, tie. I think it was they lost. They no, it was it was it the NFC conference champion? I can't remember, but they they definitely had a couple seasons 2018, 2019, 2019, 2020 uh, that were a lot better than last year. And I think they'll they'll regain that mojo to to get back there. Um, and, and Matthew Stafford finally being able to, uh, you know, be exposed to, to, to just an overall better team. And uh, hopefully his play elevates with that as well. But moving on finally into some Chargers news. Um, of course, the Chargers finished uh, this uh, last, the last two preseason games playing the 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks. I was at the 49er game. It was a lot of fun. Unfortunately, the Chargers were not able to get it done as they did lose 15-10. to Easton Stitt played really good in the first half, led the Chargers down the field multiple times, but um, Chase Daniels and uh, the third, the third uh, string players in, in the second half didn't really do much. Uh, as the 49ers were able to win this one 15 to 10 and then in Seattle's game it was uh, pretty pathetic um but uh, it is preseason and it was it was just it was it was tough to watch as the Seattle Seahawks won 27 to nothing uh Chase Daniel got hurt early so Easton Stick was forced um forced to play more but the Chargers definitely just could not get anything going could not start any drives should not finish any drives uh, could not stop Seattle for anything in the in especially in the first five minutes of the game. Seattle jumped to a fourteen nothing lead, so it was unfortunate. But uh, of course, following the last preseason games, we see cuts uh, as the Chargers trim their roster down to a fifty three man roster. Um, uh, what's it called? It's the 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 main uh, big two names that uh, you know will be talked about probably. Uh, for at least the next week or so um, before the season starts. The biggest two names being Michael Badgley, the Money Badger, uh, has officially been released, which made Tristan uh, Vizcano uh, the new kicker. He said it's a dream come true to be kicking for uh, his hometown team, the team he's grown up rooting for. So um, we'll see if that if that helps, if the kicking situation is any better than it was last year. Uh, and uh, in my opinion, the, one of the uh, one, probably the the bigger the bigger um, head shaker in a way uh, was they surprisingly waived Tyron Johnson receiver um, a receiver who made a very very big impact last year vertical uh, vertical stretch um, really opens up the field caught a huge fifty yard pass against the the butts caught a touchdown against the Raiders like I said just a, a guy who can stretch the field out. Um, seem to have built a repertoire with the fans along with Justin Herbert, but T. Billy uh, is unfortunately gone. Uh, when Brandon Staley was talking about that today, he actually said it, unquote, it was a tough one, a really tough one. 
T-Billy has done a lot for this team in the past, and he has done some good things for us in camp, and that was one of the tougher conversations that I had today. I think we have a really deep receiver room. There's a lot of competition, and I think it's just one of those things where it's more numbers, not so much how we feel about him as a player because I got a lot of respect for his game, but it's just where we're at from a number standpoint and then the kicking game being a big aspect of those back-end receiver roles. Um, if you, if you don't know what that, what that, what he's trying to, what I, I believe in my opinion, what I took from that, of course, you cannot deny Tyron Johnson's, uh, abilities on the field. Um, but, uh, I mean, Josh Palmer and, uh, and Hill were both, uh, heavily involved in these special teams during the preseason. Um, but Tyron Johnson wasn't. So I believe when it came down, um, to, uh, you know, to the, the receiver three, it, it, of course, um, you know, Josh Palmer being, uh, being drafted, KJ Hill being drafted, they're going to put more emphasis in those guys, but at the same time, them being on special teams heavily, uh, I feel like that kind of solidified their spot. So the battle between, uh, the receiver three was between, uh, Jalen Guyton and, and Tyron Johnson, uh, since those guys were not playing special teams, and it seems as if Jalen Guyton won. Uh, Jalen Guyton, though, still a great option, still a very, I mean, both of these guys, deep vertical threats, um, going to see some big plays out of either one of them uh, when the defense allows it. Uh, they're going to be the ones running those running those uh, go routes, running those deep posts, running those skinny sl- I mean, th- these are the guys that you're going to see the big plays happen, and it looks like Jalen Guyton ended up winning the competition for that receiver three role. So, um, Tyler, I mean, I mean, what I said, Tyron Johnson uh, was not uh, on a, was not, um, not on a roster for a long, uh, for a long period of time as he was instantly, uh, picked up and claimed by the Jadwires, um, as he goes from Justin Herbert to just, uh, what's it called? Uh, Trevor Lawrence, uh, the chargers on, on, uh, waivers also claimed Eric Banks, um, from the Rams defensive tackle and, uh, Trey Marshall, a DB from the Broncos. So, um, interesting roster moves. It always, you know, always seems to, uh, come down to, uh, you know, this, uh, these, these last, you know, couple of guys that are on the edge and, uh, you know, trying to figure out if you're going to keep two or three, posi- you know, guys at positions or whatever the case may be. But, you know, bigger names, Michael Badgley, Tyron Johnson, no longer on the Chargers roster, but the Chargers officially made their roster a 53-man roster as they prepare for their uh, week one matchup um, against the Washington uh I mean, the Washington football team. I was about to say the Redskins, but yes, the Washington football team in Washington, they prepare um, uh, for that game that hap- that will be happening in 11 days now, September 12th. So very excited for that um, and very excited for football season to uh, finally be back. Um, I mean, baseball season is, of course, been a lot of fun. Do not get me wrong. This has probably been the most fun I've had in a long time with baseball season, being able to play fantasy baseball with my friends, being able to go to the amount of Padres games I've been able to go to. Um, but football is back, and it is going to be a very, very fun season. But uh, that's all I got for today. I hope you guys all enjoyed this episode of the Geno Spirito podcast. Um, if you did, um, please subscribe. Please let me know uh, any topics, conversations that you want to hear on the podcast. I'm always open to uh, any any sort of feedback, any sort of uh, anything that you want to give back to me. But As always, it's been real. I appreciate you all for listening, and I'll see you all very soon. Thank you so much for tuning in.